Good evening. I'm Anthony Robustelli, author of I Want to Tell You, The Definitive Guide to the Music of the Beatles, and this is the Beatles' multi-track meltdown. Each week I'll be playing stripped-down, deconstructed mixes of classic Beatles songs, highlighting different instruments and vocals in a way that will truly amaze you. Imagine sitting in the control room at EMI Studios and having the opportunity to peel away the layers of a song, discovering new elements that you never knew existed. This is the closest you can get to that experience. So sit back, tune in, and enjoy the Beatles' multi-track meltdown. I'll make you maybe next time around. Tonight we're going to focus on the myriad demo tapes the Beatles recorded during their career in the first of a multi-part series. We're going to begin with some home demos from the spring and summer of 1960 recorded at McCartney's home at 24thland Road featuring John, Paul, George, and Stu Sutcliffe. The first song is the full five-minute version of Well Darling, a simple blues with a McCartney lead vocal with backing vocals by John. We'll follow with the full version of McCartney's instrumental Cayenne, a song that was interestingly not credited to Lennon-McCartney, but to McCartney alone. After that, we'll hear the demo of Hello Little Girl, one of only three originals played at the group's DECA audition on New Year's Day 1962. We'll follow with another McCartney vocal on a song played by Gene Vincent while touring England, Wildcat. We'll close this part of the show with a song featuring Lennon on lead vocals that was originally performed by jazz musician Morton Downey in the 1920s and was later a hit for Fats Domino. I will always be in love with you.
with the Beatles' multi-track meltdown in part one of the demo sessions. We're going to start with three Lennon-McCartney originals recorded in the summer of 1960, only one of which would be released on a Beatles album. All three are sung by Paul, but the first two, Some Days and You Must Write Every Day, would never be released. Only the third song, I'll Follow the Sun, would be recorded four years later and released on the Beatles' fourth LP, Beatles for Sale. We'll then fast forward to October of 1962 as the Beatles, with new drummer Ringo Starr, rehearsed I Saw Her Standing There and One After 909 at the Cavern Club. I Saw Her Standing There would end up on their debut LP, Please Please Me. And although One After 909 was recorded on March 5, 1963, during the session for the From Me to You Thank You Girl single, that version wouldn't be released until the Beatles Anthology 1 CD in 1995. One After 909 would be re-recorded during the Get Back sessions and end up on the Let It Be LP with Billy Preston on electric piano and was a highlight of the rooftop concert on January 30th, 1969. Tonight, we'll hear two early versions of One After 909. We'll close this part of the show with the McCartney instrumental Cat's Walk. When the skiffle craze hit England in 1955, Lonnie Donegan was the king with his hit Rock Island Line, but he had recorded the song a year earlier while a member of the Chris Barber Jazz Band. In 1967, McCartney gave trombonist Barber Cat's Walk to record. Barber rearranged it, renamed it Cat Call, and released it as a single in October of 1967.
We're back with the Beatles' multi-track meltdown and part one of the demo sessions. Going to start with three songs that Lennon and McCartney gave to other artists. The first, Bad to Me, was written by Lennon while on holiday in Spain in spring of 63 and given to another Brian Epstein-managed act, Billy J. Kramer and the Dakotas. It became their first number one hit in the UK and reached number nine when it was released in the US the following year. We'll then hear another song recorded by Billy J. Kramer and the Dakotas, as well as the Brian Epstein-managed group The Foremost, I'm In Love. The Foremost version was selected for release and reached number 17 in the UK charts. Next up, the McCartney-penned One and One is Two. While in Paris in January of 64, during a residency at the Olympia Theatre, McCartney wrote and recorded the song in his hotel room and eventually gave it to the band The Strangers, who released it as a single the following spring. Another song recorded in hotel rooms was Harrison's Don't Bother Me. On August 19, 1963, George Harrison was sick in bed at the Palace Court Hotel in Bournemouth when he decided to begin an illustrious career as a solo songwriter. Interestingly, it is often forgotten that Harrison co-wrote their first recorded original, In Spite of All the Danger, with McCartney five years earlier in 58, and the instrumental, Cry for a Shadow, with Lennon in 61. Since one was a tongue-in-cheek instrumental pastiche of the shadows, and the other was mainly written by McCartney, Harrison received credit for writing the guitar solo, Don't Bother Me is considered his first proper composition. So while this is the first composition written solely by Harrison, it was not his first attempt at songwriting. In fact, McCartney stated in the Beatles anthology that he and Lennon considered including Harrison as a writing partner. It was an option to include George in the songwriting team. John and I had really talked about it. I remember walking up past Bolton Church with John one morning and going over the question without wanting to be too mean to George, should three of us write or would it be better to keep it simple? We decided we'd just keep to two of us. Harmonically and lyrically, it is arguably the darkest original song in their repertoire at this point, highlighting the minor key and containing a rather morose lyric that many believe would become typical of Harrison's songs to come. At this point, the only other songs in the Beatles' repertoire that focused on the sound of the minor key would be Lennon's All I've Got to Do and Not a Second Time, and many would say that these are ambiguous examples at best. If you ever leave me, I'll be sad and blue. Don't you ever leave me, I'm so in love with you. Birds in the sky would be sad and lonely if they knew that I lost my one and only they'd be sad. If you're bad to me, leaves on the trees would be softly sighing if they heard from the breeze that you left me crying. They'd be Thank you. 
Lennon could write a ballad with the best of them, and If I Fell is a perfect example of this. This demo recording from early 64 shows how the original melody was actually a blend of what would eventually be two distinct harmony parts sung by Lennon and McCartney. We'll follow with two brief 65 demos of Michelle and We Can Work It Out that McCartney gave to Lennon so that he could hear the songs he was working on that needed to be finished. We'll close the show tonight with the Beatles' 1963 attempt at home multi-track recording, a song entitled Rockin' and Rollin'. They accomplished this by first recording a backing track and then playing that on one tape recorder while adding a trumpet and additional guitar on another recorder. They then played that mix while adding vocals by John and Paul. A bit rough, but still quite interesting. Enjoy. If I fell in love with you, would you promise to be true and help me understand? Cause I've been in love before and I found that love was more than just holding hands. If I give my heart to you, I must be sure from the Decided on you, love. 
I'm Anthony Robustelli, author of I Want to Tell You, The Definitive Guide to the Music of the Beatles, Volume 1, 1962-1963, and you've been listening to this special demo edition of the Beatles' multi-track meltdown. Tune in every Sunday night at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, to hear more deconstructed mixes, deep cuts, solo recordings, and more on the Beatles' multi-track meltdown. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, ShadyBearBKLYN, and like the page for the book I want to tell you on Facebook. See you next week.